Welcome back to the Say What Podcast. Good morning, friends. Hope you guys are having the best day ever. I hope that it is nice and cool where you're at. I hope you're enjoying a very nice pumpkin latte. Yes, I am one of those people who loves pumpkin. I will say I do not like pumpkin pie, but I like everything else pumpkin. And I have no shame. I have been drinking anything pumpkin since probably like August 15th because I was like, I just need pumpkin in my life and I want it to be cold and I'm just going to wheel the cold in. But it is like a perfect day outside today. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. And today when I'm recording this, it is Theo's birthday. So all of you guys can say happy birthday to birthday to Theo just to yourself once you listen to this podcast because it's going to come out after his birthday but it's like such a gorgeous day outside so we're going to go play outside with him so he can enjoy being outside for his birthday and we'll probably get him like a little toy or something for him to pick out but it's just like a perfect day and I am all about a perfect day so I hope you are having a perfect day well today's podcast is everybody's favorite topic and we have not talked about in a while and that is orgasms. So if you have little ears listening, you might want to, you know, not listen to this with them around. (laughs) Or maybe you want to, if you're ready to have that conversation, go for it. Although I figure most people who listen to my podcast don't listen to it in front of their kids because of the topics. But you know, felt like it was important to say that. I don't really have any like updates or anything. I've just, I've been feeling better pregnant wise. I've been having more energy. I've been super into nesting. We start, we're starting to get some stuff in. Like I've got the changing table, we've got our stroller, we've got one car seat, we're going to still get the car seat that we want to get, but we got a backup car seat, we've got, you know, the, his nursery is kind of turning into an actual nursery, you know, with the exception of my office, so we're, you know, we're getting it, we're getting it going, it's, it's starting to look good, which I'm really excited about, we're going to hang some curtains today, and just get a couple more things done, which I think will be really nice. So just kind of in some nesting mode right now when when I actually have energy to do things, which I do have a lot of energy back, do have a lot of my energy back, thankfully. Um, but sleeping is still hard, but it has gotten better. I got this pregnancy pillow in finally. I swear it took over a month to get here, which was just so frustrating, but it's fine. I finally got a pregnancy pillow in and it really helped me sleep last night. So really, really grateful for that. But everything's good. Baby is good. I had a doctor's appointment this week, but it was super short and nothing really exciting. So I'm just like on track where I should be. I was a little nervous that I had been like gaining a lot of weight because of um, like haven't really been able to move much because I've been so sick and tired, but they said that I'm doing okay. So going to try and take that energy and, you know, that I have and actually use it for good to try and move my body because I have not been moving my body very much. And I can just feel myself getting puffy. And I don't like that feeling. So <laughs> we're going to we're gonna see what we can do about that. But that's all I got really pregnancy-wise. Nothing, nothing crazy. I have really intense pregnancy dreams that no one ever needs to hear about. Honestly, I'm just going to be straight up. <laughs> like, no one ever needs to know what happens during these pregnancy dreams because it is wild. And I'm thankful that I just can like wake up and be like, well, that was weird and just keep on going because (laughs) they are so weird, so bizarre. And it's just, it's just quite the, it's just quite the dream. I don't know. There's, there's just something going on in my (laughs) head every night and it is wild. Um, and people talked about pregnancy dreams, but man, I just was not prepared. So, and I've always had like weird dreams and always kind of had a lot of nightmares, but this is just, 
This is just next level, you guys. Like, <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know. Um, so yeah, that's all I got. Nothing, nothing else really exciting happening. Just like getting ready for baby, you know, we did book a vacation, which we're super excited about. Um, we are gonna, we might switch out the place that we're going though, because I discovered this morning that there's this place that I want to visit. That's not that far away from us. And I thought it was a lot farther, but it's actually not that far at all. So we might switch up where we're going on vacation, but we'll see. We got that planned. Um, but yeah. That's about it. That's about it. So let's just go ahead and get into the topic today, which is orgasms. We've not talked about orgasms in a while, and I started talking about them on Instagram this week, and so I thought it'd be really good for us to just circle back, talk about orgasms again, talk about specifically how purity culture, you know, how it is such a shameful thing for women, like purity culture always shames women, and so one result of that is a lot of women don't know how to orgasm, or they don't know if they've orgasmed, or they feel a lot of shame and, like, embarrassment around orgasming, and so they're just, you know, kind of forgetting about their pleasure, not really prioritizing their pleasure, and just, you know, having sex to, <laughs> to do it for their husbands, and, you know, or they're, like, wanting to try and have an orgasm, and, it's not happening because there's so much shame that they're experiencing from the results of purity culture. And so I want to talk about that. And I, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk about that. And I really want to talk about how purity culture focusing on men's pleasure can really affect us like not knowing how to orgasm. So to start off this conversation, I did some polls on Instagram and I wanted to talk about the results of those polls. So we'll kind of go through those. So the first question I asked was, have you ever had an orgasm? 77% said yes, 5% said no, 13% said I'm not sure, and 5% said I'm here for the answers. So I really like it when you guys like actually answer the like one of the top three questions, but I know that every poll that I do doesn't always like Im like um, apply to the person, you know, who is answering the question. So that's why I like to have a, you know, here for the answers portion. Um, but I do wish people would actually answer the question, but I understand. I swear to you guys, I don't look at like the names of people who answered. Like I literally just look at the result. Like I don't have time if we're being honest to scroll through and see who said yes and who said no. Like I don't care about like I was about to say, I don't care about you because I do care about you, but I don't like, I just, I don't need to know, you know, that specific thing unless me and you are DMing or whatever. Does that make sense? Like I don't have enough time to scroll through and look at every single person who answered yes or every single person who answered no. So I'm not even looking at if you answered yes or no or not. So that helps you participate in polls more like know that like they really are anonymous. Like I, I don't look at that kind of stuff because I just... I don't have time, <laughs> we're being honest. I just don't have time. Um, okay, so I thought this was interesting. What I thought was interesting about this one is that 13% of people said, I'm not sure. And so I was like, hmm, interesting, interesting. Um, because, and usually my story views get between like two and 3,000 views. So um, I don't, not every single person answers every poll, but there's like an idea for you as like numbers wise. Um, but yeah, super interesting that 13% said, I'm not sure. And something that I get in my DMs or in the question boxes pretty often is like, I don't know if I've had an orgasm. I think that I had one, but I didn't maybe feel that release that people talk about, or it felt really, really good. And so does that mean that's what an orgasm was? Or is there like, um, 
like an extra feeling you're supposed to have. So I thought that was interesting that it was like 13% said that I'm not sure. Um, because yeah, it's like, I don't know if I have or not. And I'm not going to say like, oh, you'll know when you've had one because that's annoying because people are like, I don't know. But I will say there was a lot of time in my life where I was like, I don't know if I've actually had an orgasm. And then when I did have an orgasm, I was like, okay, that is what that is supposed to feel like. So I'm not saying like, oh, you'll know when you know, just to like dismiss it. But there is a level of like, you might actually like, if this, the orgasm feels different than just like clitoral stimulation on its own, like it's kind of a next level type of feeling. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. 13% said, I'm not sure. I definitely was in that boat for a long time. So I get it. Okay, next question. Were you ever taught what an orgasm was? 15% said yes, 79% said no, and 6% said here for the answers. So I definitely fell into the no category. Like, <laughs> I was definitely never taught what an orgasm was. I wasn't even sure if like women orgasms because I always associated men orgasming with them ejaculating and so I was like okay so if that's what a man does can a woman orgasm and also like you know does a woman like have anything that comes out of her like does she ejaculate in any way you know like I was so confused about that because I had no idea um and some women do, like, there is, like, stuff that can come out, but it's not always, like, you, like, I'm going to use the, the media or mainstream term for this just because it's easier for us when we're talking about it. But, like, you know, they'll say that some women can squirt and stuff. And, like, I've never done that. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> um, but, like, I, that can happen to people. Um, but I, I always associated those together. And so I was like, I guess women don't orgasm. But then when I kind of got older, I was like, no, like, I think women do orgasm. And maybe it just looks differently. And so I was never taught about it. So I'm definitely in that 79% no, but I was impressed with the 15% yes. Like I thought that was, I thought that was pretty high, honestly. So I think we're kind of moving in the right direction, which is good. And I will say, I didn't specify like, did your parents teach you? Did your friends teach you? You know, I didn't, did your school teach you? Like I never, I didn't specify because I just wanted to see in general if people were taught about orgasms or not. So, okay, next question. Do you feel embarrassed when you have an orgasm? 6% said yes, 58% said no, 23% said sometimes, 13% said here for the answers. So I specifically like included this question because I remember, you know, times when I was, you know, having orgasms that was with other boys that I was with, not my husband. And I just remember feeling so embarrassed when we were like, you know, doing stuff and having this experience. Like, I just remember feeling so embarrassed because I was like, you know, this, like my body does a weird, weird things when you, when you <laughs> orgasm, like it's a, it's a very vulnerable, I think it is such a vulnerable experience. And so I remember feeling that way. And I really wish I would have leaned into that and been like, man, I really should just like, not do this anymore with, with people that are not my husband, because that feels super vulnerable. Like, like, you know, just experiencing that with somebody who I'm not like fully committed to, you know, like that is just a very, very vulnerable experience. And so that's another reason why I'm like, I'm just do believe that sex was created for marriage. Um, because it is such a vulnerable thing to like experience this in front of somebody. Um, and so I just remember having so much embarrassment for a long time about this. And I, and I don't really know why, I, well, I guess I do know why now, but at the time I was just like, Oh, it just feels like, you know, it's a lot. I don't know. I just kind of felt weird. Um, now I definitely know it's because like 
purity culture was teaching that like women shouldn't experience pleasure because they never talk about pleasure. It's always like, and I'm, and I, I need to maybe make some clear clarifying statements that I don't believe that the church is fully responsible for sex education. I do not think the church should be talking about orgasms. Like no, you're not educated. I don't believe that's something you should be talking about um, in like specifics. But the way that we talk about sex in general has ramifications. And so the way that people talk about like, oh, well, you know, you have to make sure that your husband is pleased. You have to make sure he's happy. And also saying like, you know, women, you have to make sure you can cover up because you don't want to make other boys stumble. And, you know, your body, you need to cover that up. And that makes you feel shame. And so, you know, having an orgasm was a very physical experience. And so for you to like be, you know, using parts of your body to have this orgasm can like make you feel shame because you're always told that your body is shameful. So of course this experience can feel shameful. And so, um, yeah, I feel like that goes to a lot, a lot of the like reasons, you know, why someone may feel embarrassed, but I was very encouraged to see that 58% said no. I I honestly thought that this answer was going to be higher, but I do think, or the yes was going to be higher, but I do think the 23% sometimes goes into the yes, because maybe you like, like, I think somebody and I might have included this later in my outline. Um, but somebody mentioned like, you know, the pressure to feel like, like look perfect during sex all the time, but bodies do weird things. And I was like, Oh, absolutely. Like your body can do some weird stuff during sex, you know, making weird sounds, you know, stuff like that. And so I think that maybe the sometimes comes comes in like comes from that like maybe your body did something weird one time or something didn't go like you thought and so then you're embarrassed um that could also be like if you you know aren't super comfortable with the person that you are you know doing stuff with so maybe they're embarrassed in that way so I think there's a couple reasons why this sometimes could be there but I will say I thought that this answer was going to be higher and so I am pleasantly surprised that it's not like I am happy that it's 58% no and not that anybody who answered yes or sometimes should feel bad because I just told you how I've been there for a long time I just want us to get to a place where we're not embarrassed anymore so I think that was like a a really uh, eye-opening response because I really expected it to be significantly higher. So I thought that was really good. That was encouraging. Okay, next question. Do you feel comfortable talking about orgasms with your partner? 68% said yes, 17% said no, 15% said here for the answers. So I thought this was interesting as well. Like I'm happy to hear that people, like the majority of people in this conversation or this question do you feel comfortable talking about orgasms with your partner? Because if you're talking about orgasms, you're more than likely talking about sex. And so like, I feel like when I first started, you know, talking about sex on Instagram and, you know, building this community that the the results were always so like, yeah, I don't really feel comfortable. I don't really feel safe. I'm kind of scared to talk about that stuff or, you know, maybe safe wasn't the right word, but people are like, I just don't feel like I can talk about this. I feel embarrassed. I don't know how to do it. And so I feel like this, you know, answer here shows a lot of sign of growth for our community. So props to you. I'm like going to give you a little hand clap, like <laughs> props to you guys. Like, I feel like we're showing growth here, which is incredible. Um, because I like, I, as much as I talk about stuff being hard and bad, like I want to see like growth happen. I want to see healing happen. And that's super important to me. And so 
I was also, I was very encouraged by this answer. I was like, okay, that's so good. Like 68% of people feel comfortable. And that is really awesome. Like, I think that's so good. And the 17% that said, no, I get it. Like it can, it can feel, (laughs) it can feel really uncomfortable. And I hope that, you know, by the end of this podcast today, I can give you some little bit of, little bit of help here to feel comfortable talking about it with your partner. But I was, I was encouraged by the 68% saying, saying yes. I thought that was really good. Okay. Next question. Also, I'm sorry if I sound out of breath. Part of pregnancy is that you're stuck like um stop stop oh my gosh stopped up all the time like my nose is always like I could always blow my nose at any moment it's just like one of the things that your sinuses change and so it always makes me like out of breath as well when I'm talking because I'm like my nose is all just like a little gross so I apologize I'm trying to talk slow so I don't get so out of breath so fast but It's just part of being pregnant and also part of living in Colorado. So I do apologize for that. (laughs) Okay, next question. Uh, Do you feel shame for wanting an orgasm? 7% said yes, 64% said no, 22% said sometimes, and 7% said here for the answers. So this was an interesting result for me from the 7% to the 22%. So it's like 7% said yes, 22% said sometimes. And so I'm wondering where that sometimes is coming into play. Like, are you, you know, feeling really, you know, good in your relationships, good in your marriage, and then you think about like wanting to experience that orgasm with your person? Are you feeling shame because you feel like that's selfish, that you're wanting to put pressure on yourself? And does it all, is it, is that why you're feeling shame? And is that only happening sometimes? So I think like that could maybe be part of the sometimes, like it's not always, but you know, the couple times that you're wanting to experience that you are feeling, you know, a little bit of shame. So I thought that was interesting, but again, like 7% yes, 64% no, that's a really good, good number. I'm happy to see the 64% no. Um, I am going to keep talking about this kind of stuff until we're at hundred percent. No, you know what I mean? Like we're trying to get shame out of our lives. So, um, I thought that was interesting as well. Okay. Last question. Have you orgasmed from penetration alone? 23% said yes. said no, 18% said here for the answers. So 23% of people, of women who answer this poll have orgasmed from penetration alone, but 59% have not, 59% have not. Oh my gosh. Seriously, we need to, we need to like really take that in here, ladies. Like 59% of women who answer this poll, well, I guess men probably could have answered this poll well, like could have answered this poll too. I don't know. I do have some some really nice men who follow and, and we we they'll ask questions and you know and and have conversations, which is really cool. But obviously, the majority of my following is women. Sometimes the men follow. I'm like, what are you doing? But then I see that it's like you know husbands or boyfriends who are trying to learn more, and it's like really cool. And also, I think men can learn from what I talk about as well. So I'm just always like, that sex is that weird? Are you a weirdo on the internet? But nine times out of ten, they are not. Um, but yeah, so 59% have not orgasm from penetration alone, which if you're going off what the movies or like TV shows, or I don't know if books talk about this stuff, but books or whatever, you know, the media, like what porn is showing, like this seriously, like the media, you know, that, that industry porn will, will show you only women orgasming from penetration. I mean, there could be some stuff I'm sure out there that has shown women orgasming from clitoral simulation or something else, but nine times out of 10, it is from penetration alone. And that is just so not 
accurate. So, so, so not accurate. Like the where we get pleasure from in our bodies, and I'm not saying that you obviously can't orgasm from penetration alone. You totally can. That has happened before. Um, people, 23% said yes, but like where we get pleasure from is the clitoris. And I have seen, you know, doctors and gynecologists like compare like all of the the pleasure parts of the clitoris to like what a man experiences in his penis. Like those are the similar things. So like, um, the way that a man will feel like with his penis, you know, is how we feel with our clitoris. And so I was like, oh, that's super interesting. That's, a, that's an interesting comparison. And so like if men are, you know, experiencing pleasure from, you know, stimulation of their penis, like we experience pleasure from stimulation of our clitoris. And so oftentimes like women will need to, you know, have that clitoral stimulation to be able to orgasm. And yeah, I'm like, great if you can orgasm from penetration alone, like that is awesome. But I know that there's a lot of women out there, including myself, who have felt like, you know, shame or feeling like we're not good enough or we're not doing something right because we are not able to orgasm, you know, just from penetration alone. And so there is, I just really want to encourage women to like, you know, get that out of their head that that's the only way to orgasm or that you're, you know, not enough or not good enough or not woman enough, you know, if you can't do that, because that is not, that's not the case for everybody. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And if that is something that you want to happen, like there's also nothing wrong with that either. Like if you do want to orgasm from just penetration, like, I think that's fine. I think that's something that you and your partner can like work together to figure out and that's okay. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I just want to speak to the women who are feeling like they're not enough or they're not good enough or they, you know, can't, do something right because they're not orgasming or people who feel like they're not even orgasming quote the right way. Cause there's not a right way you know, to orgasm. Um, because there's different, different ways and methods and you it's, it's no less of an orgasm if you do it from clitoral stimulation or from penetration alone. So very important to know. So I think that was, that was good to see like 59% said no. And it's also good to see that 23% said yes. Like that's also a thing. Like I'm not saying that that, that never happens because it absolutely does. But it's just, just as common though for women to not be able to orgasm from penetration alone. So those, those are the polls. I thought those were super interesting, kind of give you some context to where people are at, at least in our community when it comes to orgasming. Um, but I really did ask each of these questions in particular because I wanted, you know, I wanted to know the results from each question. I asked them each for a reason because, you know, purity culture consistently treats women's bodies as shameful. And so it makes sense that a lot of women haven't been able to orgasm or don't even know if they have orgasming because when, you know, churches and purity culture, and I'm saying purity culture in general, and you're like, who is purity culture? It could be your family. It can be the media. It can, you know, definitely churches or leadership. Um, but, you know, the way that purity culture is constantly focused on men's pleasure and women always pleasing their husbands, you know, that, that conversation has consequences. And part of that consequence is women feeling like, well, either number one, they don't know that they possibly can do that. They can actually even orgasm. Um, and they don't know that like, that's okay for them as well. Like they, they're just told like, you have to make your husband happy. And so it's like, okay, well, I'm going to figure out what to do to make my husband happy then and not even think about themselves. Um, because it's never, it's never about pleasing your wife. Like you don't hear like, you know, leaders talking to men, like make sure that your wife is, you know, pleased in the bedroom. Like you don't really hear that very often. And I do think this stuff is changing. And like I said, I don't think the church is responsible for like, educating people about orgasms. Like, I don't think that's the church's place at all. Um, but there are ramifications for how we talk about sex. And 
And one of those is also women not knowing their body parts, not knowing what feels good, what doesn't. And they, and so as a result, they don't know how to orgasm because you're often told like, you got to make sure you're covered up. You can't show, you know, you can't show any stomach. You can't show any shoulders, your, you know, skirt or dress or whatever has to go all the way down to your knees. And so there's such a conversation around like making sure that you're covering up your body. And, um, I do believe there's levels of modesty that is important. So I'm not saying we need to walk around naked, but hopefully you guys can understand where I'm going with this. But like, it is the way that they talk, way purity culture talks about women's bodies makes us feel ashamed about our bodies. It also makes us feel like parts of our body parts are like bad. Like, you know, like so many of us don't even know the actual names of our body parts. We don't know um, what the vulva is. And you're often referring to your vagina or to your vulva when you, when you use the word vagina, like vagina is the internal part. It is the internal part that is, that is hap that is in your body. And everything outside of that is your vulva. And I know so many women didn't even know like that vulva was the name for it. And there often are times where you are referring to your vagina, but a lot of women are saying vagina when they should be saying vulva, um, which is okay. We're like, that's what we're doing here. We're educating, but it is important for us to know the body parts. But so like, that's even part of it. You don't even know what your body parts are. You don't even know like where different things are at in your body. I know that some women have felt like, you know, some purity culture teachings are so strong that women will feel like they can't use tampons because that's them, you know, losing their virginity, which I have so many feelings about that. Um, and I don't want to get into all of that today because that's not, you know, the full topic of this conversation, but it's like, it, it can go, it can go to that extreme. And you're like, really like that people actually are taught that. And it's like, yes, yes, people are. Yes, yes, yes. I see that a lot. Um, I wasn't taught that in particular, but I know that a lot of people have, they feel like, they can't use tampons because any kind of insertion is losing your virginity. And it's like, nope, that's not, that's not true. Uh, that's not true. Like that's what we, we do because we're women and we bleed. So we need to like, you know, catch the blood somewhere or we can't, or we're just bleeding all day. And so it's like, it's not that serious. Um, but like, it's just a result of not knowing our body, you know, not feeling, just not feeling comfortable in ourselves, not even knowing what those body parts look like, which is so interesting. Like I was thinking about this the other day, cause I was like, um, you know, about to be pregnant or about to be pregnant. <laughs> I am pregnant about to give birth. And I've been through a lot with my pelvic floor. And, you know, I was thinking, I'm like, you know, things are going to look different, different down there. And that that's going to be okay. And I just like want to see, you know, what things are looking like. Are they good? Is everything okay right now? Cause I know stuff is shifting and changing and it's like a very normal thing. I feel like to, to look at yourself and see, see what it looks like, see if you're okay. But I know that so many women haven't even done that because they feel like ashamed to see what that part of their body looks like. And there is no shame. Like there, nothing is wrong with your body. When God created your body, he created it on purpose for a purpose. And everything that he makes is wonderful and beautiful and made in his image. And so your body is fully made in God's image and it's beautiful and there's nothing bad, nothing shameful about it whatsoever. And so even just like looking at yourself, so you're like, you don't even know where parts things are in your body and you, um, you aren't even sure what stuff looks like. And so all of that, I think just goes into women not 
knowing how to orgasm, not knowing if they've orgasmed because they just don't, you just don't know. You just don't know what your body feels like or what looks good or what feels good or anything like that because of all the shame that purity culture puts on women's bodies. And then you see, like I said earlier, the media, like porn movies, like always portraying a woman orgasming because of penetration alone. And like, that's just uh, so frustrating, so frustrating because it's not true or it's not true. It's not as... There are other ways to orgasm. That's what I should say. Because it is true. Like like I said, that can happen. But there's just, there's other ways. And it doesn't have to be just that one way. And so we need to see, we need to see other, other ways. If you are watching that stuff, maybe, maybe I should take that back. Because <laughs> I personally try not to watch any like movies that have any kind of like naked bodies in them. Because I just like want to respect other people's and like don't want to look at that. But that's just like a personal boundary that we have. Um but still, it's just, it's just, you know, what, what the media shows is that and what they talk about is that. And it's like, no, there is more. <laughs> there, there's other ways. And then another piece of it, too, is that, like, I know purity culture will put a lot of labels on women who have had sex before marriage or who even have, like, lots of boyfriends. You know, they're labeled a slut or a whore. And that can imprint in our minds over time that we associate pleasure with those labels. And so if you're not wanting to... If that label like, you know, matters to you and you, you're not wanting to like be labeled as that, then that can like get in your head as well. And it might not even be a conscious thing, but you just like associate your mind associates like in women's pleasure with being a slut or a whore. And I also want to make it very clear that I don't think slut and whore exists. Like that is a label that people have put on women who, you know, like to, <laughs> who, you know, experience pleasure. And I just don't think that's fair. I don't think we should ever put labels on women for anything like that. But that is what society has done. And so like, if you are wanting to, um, if you don't want that, you know, those labels, then your mind goes to like, Oh, well I shouldn't enjoy pleasure because I'll be seen as this way. And so that also can get in the way of being able to orgasm or even feeling comfortable orgasming and always, and also like the, the pressure of feeling you have to perform, you know, like there's so much pressure of like wanting to make sure that your husband feels good and looks good. And they, they tell you like, you know, if you're not pleasing your husband, he's going to find somebody else. And so that can turn sex into a performance and not necessarily like something you guys are enjoying together and having an intimate experience together. You feel like you have to perform and you have to show up. I know I have faked orgasms in the past because, because of that, because I wanted to like you know, show that like, I, this is going well, and he's doing a good job. And so it's like, but that's not okay. And I definitely have talked about like, not faking orgasms on an episode before. So you can go listen to one of those. But you know, you just like want to make sure you're enough, you want to feel sexy enough, look good enough. And so there's just like so much pressure in that area as well. So there are a lot of odds stacked against us, but we can overcome this friends. Like it's super important for us to overcome this and we can do it. Um, but I did want to share some things that I, that you guys said about this topic. Cause I asked you for your thoughts after I post the polls, I was like, what do you think about this stuff? So I want to read a couple of things that people said. I can't read them all cause that would have just been a whole podcast. <laughs> and so, um, but a couple people said, or here's some different answers. I was so frustrated when I couldn't orgasm from penetration alone and my husband had to remind me that it wasn't common for women. Yes, we love a supportive husband. Like, yes, King. Like, I appreciate him so much, like, trying to encourage you with that um, because it is so frustrating if that's something that you, like, felt like you had to do and that was the only way and it's not happening. Okay, next one. It can be so awkward to know that it takes a lot of time to orgasm, so I say no for his sake sometimes. 
Okay, bestie, I get it. It can take us a long time sometimes to orgasm, but sex is for the both of you. It's for both of you to enjoy. And so that's why I like wanted to talk about this today because like, I know sometimes like it can take a while and depending on your situation, if you like are at a time crunch, like I get that. You're like, well, sex felt good, but I couldn't orgasm. But that's okay because we, we got to go to dinner, you know, whatever. <laughs> like I understand that. But if you got all the time in the world, like your pleasure is just as important. And so I get it. Like it can take a long time, but I think you're husband also like wants to give that to you and he wants you to experience that and so like you know seeing it as more of an experience and not just something to like you know let's just do this really quick will also help you you know get to that point too but I get it it can take a long time but I'd like to believe that your husband you know wants to do that for you and is excited about it and um you know wants to take that time but I get it it can take a while sometimes and so you're just like well it's just not going to happen or I just don't care to do it anymore. And that's fair too. I get it. But I want it to be for your sake that you're like, I'm okay. Not for, you know, him. Like it's for both of you guys to enjoy, not just him. Okay. Next one. Oh, and this is the one that I was referencing earlier. Uh, media implies that women have to look attractive during sex, even though there's involuntary bodily responses. Listen, listen, <laughs> your body can do some weird things during sex. It can make some weird sounds like two naked bodies going together, like that's going to make some weird sounds sometimes, you know? So it's not always the most attractive thing in the world. And I think that's one of the beautiful parts of sex is that you're so vulnerable with yourself, with your partner, with your body, like, and you guys are just having those experiences together. And I think that's like one of the most beautiful parts of sex, but the media does imply that you have to look sexy, like all the time. And I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to look sexy and like that being part of it, like, and that being fun and tapping into that part of your sexuality. Like, I think that it's awesome, but the, you know, the impressions that you have to look that way all the time can definitely, can definitely add some like stress and anxiety when you're having sex, if you're not necessarily feeling very sexy, you know? Okay, next person said, not only did vaginismus prevent me from penetration, but the fear prevented me from orgasms in general. I wasn't able to orgasm with my partner at all because I felt shame about myself. I am just here with you, friend, in this. I know how hard this is, especially the vaginismus piece. Like, you know, you're not, you can't, you know, if you have vaginismus, you may not be able to penetrate. And so that can give you anxiety. So anything around sex can give you anxiety. So I, I totally understand that. Like you are not alone. There is hope for healing of vaginismus. And there also is hope for you to be able to experience an orgasm with your partner and not feel, you know, that shame, like that can happen for you. And I am believing it for you. Okay. Next one. It caused so much judgment that I put on myself that I became self-conscious during sex. So it becomes difficult for me to relax enough to have an orgasm. So basically this person's like, there's just so much judgment around having an orgasm that I'm super self-conscious. So then I can't even relax to do it. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I think it's a very common feeling amongst people in, you know, who have grown up in purity culture. Like I get it. <laughs> I get it. Okay. Last one. I'm 26, married, have a kid, and I've only orgasmed once. I 100% blame purity culture. So just know, guys, if you are in this boat, like, you're not alone. Like, I just read off a couple different responses, and there were so many more, and I just can't fit them all because, you know, we're already, we're already almost at 40 minutes for this podcast. Yeah, so I couldn't include them all, but just, like, if you are hearing these answers, just know, like, or hearing these things, just let, let it be known that you are not alone. Like, have some comfort in that, that you are truly not alone. And I also want to end, so what I want to end our podcast on today is talking about how like your pleasure 
is just as important as your husband's. So when Jesus created our bodies, he gave us the ability to orgasm. And you're like, Hannah, that is so freaking weird to think about. Like, okay, whatever. Maybe it is weird to think about, but it is true. Like he gave us the ability to orgasm. Like pleasure is the main, if not the only point of the clitoris. Like he gave us that part of our body so we can enjoy sex. Like if he didn't want us to enjoy sex, I don't think he would have given us that body part, you know? Like he gave it to us to enjoy sex because Jesus loves women just as much as he loves men. You know, he created both of us on purpose and for a purpose. And I don't believe that, you know, he, I think he created sex. I don't believe that he only created it for the man to enjoy. That's just not true. Jesus, I think loves women more than that, like, <laughs> you know, enough to give us that ability as well. And it's because he wanted sex to be something that is a vulnerable and intimate and close experience that we that you get with your spouse and something that you can enjoy together and do together. And so I mean, our bodies are made that way, you know, and so I think it's just like, if that wasn't the case, then he wouldn't have given us that stuff, you know, and so I, I really believe that Lord gave that for us. So sex is just as important to you or for you as it is for your husband. And there's nothing wrong, nothing shameful. Like your body is so beautiful. Like your body parts are not bad, like purity culture has said. And once you kind of start recognizing that part about yourself that like my body part is not, my body parts are not bad. This is not bad. Like this is something that is good for me to enjoy. This is good for us to do together. That can help you like get to the point of orgasm. And something that helped me, you know, prioritize that well, prioritize that as well within our marriage was that I was reading this book one time that I don't necessarily recommend the book anymore. So I'm not going to say what the book was, but you know, I do believe that like things that are not so great for you can still have some like positive outcomes, you know, sometimes. So like I, was reading this book and one of the chapters she was talking about sex and she was talking about how she realized like her and her husband were not having sex very often like at all and she wanted that to change like she wanted them to have more sex and she realized that like the reason they weren't having sex very often was because she wasn't um, enjoying it. Like she wasn't orgasming every time and not even close to every time. And so it just kind of turned into something that she was doing for her husband. And so when she recognized that that was the issue, she sat down and talked with her husband and they were both like, okay, well, we are not going to have sex if we both don't end an orgasm, which obviously like sometimes things happen and it's fine. And I don't think they were like super strict on it, but there's the idea of like, we are going to prioritize both of our pleasure here and doing this for each other, for each other to enjoy, um, really kind of helped change my mindset. I was like, okay, because like, this is something that like my husband wants to do for me. Cause he, cause she was saying, I'm pretty sure this is what she was saying that like, and if not, this is how I interpret it. Um, that her husband was like, oh my gosh, like I want to do this for you. Like, I want you to enjoy this. I want you to feel this pleasure. So like, that is going to be our goal, you know, at the end of sex that we both can experience this, you know, together and have this intimate experience. And, you know, one of the goals is that like, you're going to orgasm and so am I. And so like, they really worked together towards a common goal for both of them. And it didn't make sex just about her. It didn't make sex just about him. It made it about both of them because they were both wanting to please each other because they want to do that for each other. And so I was like, okay, like that makes more sense now because it always kind of felt selfish like you know I have to get an orgasm every time and it's like no because nine times out of ten your your husband's probably gonna orgasm every time and that's not selfish for him so it's not selfish for you to want that as well and so once she started enjoying sex more then they started having sex a lot more and their relationship they said just got so much better because they were experiencing that intimacy together because you guys know sometimes like once you get into a rhythm of, you know, living with someone for a while, sometimes stuff can turn into feeling like roommates or just feeling like friends. And, you know, sex is part of it that like take that, you know, separates you from just your friends. You know, there's a lot more, but it's one part of it. And so, 
um, just, you know, having sex all the time just like really brought them closer. And so I was like, okay, that makes sense. So that really helped my mindset. And so me and my husband talked about it and we, you know, made that to be one of our goals as well. And it really had improved our sex life. It really improved our, um, our like intimacy level and stuff. And it really did make a big difference. And one thing I also want to say is that like the orgasm from penetration alone. So that idea also alienates a lot of women who cannot penetrate, who cannot experience penetration, who have vaginismus or a pelvic floor disorder. And for them to feel like, you know, if orgasming's only possible through penetration, then they're like, well, I guess I can never orgasm. And that's just not true. And so I also hate that narrative for that reason as well, because it's just another thing that makes women who have vaginismus feel like alienated from everybody else, you know? And that's just not true. Like if you have a pelvic floor disorder, you can also experience sex with your person. And sex is not just penetration alone. There's a lot more things that go into sex. And so, cause that's the important part of like redefining sex in your mind for people who, you know, have vaginismus to kind of help them feel like they can still have, they or let them just feel better about the experiences that they're having with their spouse. It's like redefining sex, you know? So I just wanted to say that as well. Remember that it's, it's totally, you're still experiencing an orgasm. And as far as like, how to orgasm. I don't know that I'm the best person to answer that question. Like I'm not a, like, you know, I'm not a sex, I do, I talk about sex education, but I'm not like a licensed sex educator or sex therapist, but something that I think can help you get to a place of orgasm is not rushing it. So just like knowing this stuff takes time, like, you know, you know, using all the time that you have to get to a certain point, um, something that can help you kind of really get into the moment is going through your five senses. So if you guys are together and you're like, you know, having sex and you're wanting to orgasm, sometimes you can't feel like you can fully relax to be able to experience an orgasm. And so something I think that can help with that is that going through your five senses. So like, what do you smell right now? What do you feel right now? What do you, you know, what, what are the other senses? I'm like, what are the other senses? <laughs> what do you smell right now? What do you taste right now? What do you hear right now? What do you see right now? So like kind of going through those five senses slowly, like in your mind will help you feel more present with your body. Cause you want to get back into your body because uh, orgasm, like you need to be, you gotta be well with your body. So, you know, that will help you kind of bring you back into your body. And then also like you can use your hands, your husband can use his hands too, and like explore around your vulva. So see what like motions feel good. See what speed feels good. Like what position you're laying in or what position your hands are in, what what feels good. And just like kind of work that out. And you'll be able to say like, oh, well, I don't really like that. But oh, I like that. Or I don't really like this. Or I really like this. And so just like take some time to like explore your vulva with, with your husband. And that can help you like, get to an orgasm point as well. Also highly recommend the $15 vibrator on Amazon. You guys like I've sold so many of those things because <laughs> you guys that like will message me all the time and be like, I need the vibrator. I'm like, here you go. And I always get messages about like how that vibrator has like changed people's lives. So we love the $15 vibrator. That is a super huge help for women to be able to orgasm. So highly recommend that as well. And someone also said, and I've heard this a lot, but I just really need to read this book. And maybe when I'm on like maternity leave or something, I can read this book. But someone recommended Come As You Are, and that book really helped them be able to orgasm. So you can look into that as well. But okay, that is the end of our conversation, friends. I'm so out of breath. I'm sure you could tell I've had to stop and like take a deep breath so much at the end of this podcast because I'm pregnant and it's just shocker. You know, of course, I'm pregnant. That's all I freaking talk about. Um, 
but I'm out of breath, so I got to go. But I hope you enjoyed this conversation today. I felt like it was really good for us to talk about orgasms again, just kind of circle back. And I would love to know your thoughts and what you're, what you think about this. So send me a DM on Instagram. Let's continue the conversation. And thanks so much for being here today, friends. And we will talk soon.